Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go, Draft Knicks. Welcome to another edition of Draft 412 Podcast. My name, of course, is Joe 412, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes. Before we begin, we want to thank our sponsor, iHeartRadio, where you can find all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all for free all the time. And for those of you who haven't listened to us in the past, we are a nation of Draft Knicks. We are draft crazy, and tonight we're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates and their 2024 organizational needs. With me, I have our editor-in-chief, JT, uh, John Toth, and, of course, Dave Finoli, Pittsburgh's premier sports historian. Gentlemen, welcome to the show, and are you guys ready to go on the clock? I'm did, ready, you know, did you know iHeartRadio plays great songs of the 60s and 70s, too? Yeah. <laughs> songs you don't know about. Yeah, the songs that, we, that JT and I just missed, Dave, that I know that Union yep. Gap uh, we, we <laughs> whatever you listen to back in the day, but did we did miss it. We did. Yeah. Did you look it up? I googled it after our last one, and I'm telling you, man, I still don't know who they are. <laughs> don't start singing. Don't start singing. They have the Union start Gap. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm certain we're not talking Union Gap the rest of the night. <laughs> Pick another Partridge Family, right? Isn't that another one that goes before our time too? At least I know who they are. It'll be there. Or at least It'll I think I do. That's Susan Day, man. She got my heart. Oh, well, see, then play that one. Union Gap just caught me off guard. I wasn't sure what the heck that was. But speaking of gaps, the Pirates closed the gap this year from the losses that they had last year to the losses they had this year. I mean, this is a 14-win improvement for a team uh, from 72 to, to 86. How do they get to 90 wins next year, David? I mean, this is a team that I think people are expecting more from next year. Yeah, there's a lot of talent in the minors, which we'll be talking about. And, of course, um, you know, I think the fans here are ready for a competitive team. I mean, how do they how do they get to their next season? Well, I mean, the, the one disappointment I had, I mean, I was I was thrilled with their progress this year. But the one disappointment I had was um, the pitching didn't develop um, as I thought it would. Um, you know, Quinn Priestner struggled to triple A, had, had a good month, was brought up. And his velocity went down about three, four miles an hour. And, and my thought of that is he was he was trying to aim rather than, uh, you know, trying to just throw as hard as he could. And and, and he feared the walk, I'm sure. But um, when you do that, you're, you're more liable to be hit. And he was hit. Um, I mean, if you look at his stats, he did well the first time around the lineup consistently. 
but he wasn't making the adjustments uh, the second time as the batters were getting used to him the second time. So he's got a little work. I think he can be good, but they, they've got to get a couple uh, of free agent pitchers, veteran pitchers in here. Um, and they got to build that staff a little right now. You got Keller who who's developing into a number one. Oviedo really pitched well. He had a couple of bad outings, but he really pitched consistently well throughout the year. Ortiz struggled first, went down to the minors, but the last month of the season, I thought he pitched uh, he pitched well and and earned that number three slot there. But the other two slots are going to be up for grabs. Whether um, and I don't know that they can afford a Mike Clevenger who who's out there. He has a twelve million dollar option um, coming out. Um, but you, you got to plug those last two holes somehow. And right now, um, we'll talk about this a little later, but what you have in the minors, uh, short of uh, Quinn Priestner, doesn't look like it's ready to uh, uh, to come up at this point. And, and the guys you'll see next year are Paul Skeens, a Jared Jones. Um, hopefully, if Mike Burroughs has recovered from his, uh, um, his Tommy John surgery, uh, Jackson Wolf, who you got in the Troy trade with San Diego. Those are guys that you should see next year along with Priestner. But again, you're not going to see him at the beginning. And, and uh, there's probably not enough depth in there to uh, to warrant that. So that's going to be the trouble spot in getting to 90. And that may have to come in the free agents uh, uh, with a free agent. You know, JT, Dave makes a, a pretty good point. I mean, the Pirates have the talent. Some of us not ready yet, you know, and a guy like Oviedo, are we looking, is he a three, four or five guy? Like, where would you slot him? And and I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Dave. I mean, what do they need to do to improve? You know, they look, this team started out hot, you know, fell hard. And at the end here really fought back where people thought they could just give up. And they really did well the last 45 games of the season comparatively, right. Within reason, you know, but, you know, where do you see them needing to improve to get to that 90 level and or a guy like Oviedo or Ortiz? So these are, I mean, are they three, four, five guys? I mean, where where do you, where do you plug them in the lineup? I think Oviedo's ceiling could be like a, like a three starter. Um, if he throws the way, I mean, he had some games last year. What was it, Dave? Like 11, 11 starts at one point where he gave a runner less, but he only had like four yeah. wins out of it or yeah. something like that. So yeah, he has the potential to be a three. If he's behind Skeens and Calder down the road, I, I think that would be – and he was pitching to his um, pitching to, to his strength. He would be an amazing three. I think Ortiz is more of a four or five. But when Ortiz is on, too, he's, he's, he's impressive. He's an impressive pitcher. Um, I was more impressed with what Ortiz did up at the Pirates this year than – watching Priester pitch for the Pirates. And, and me and Dave talked about that in the past. It, it just looked like Priester was afraid to throw a ball, so he was just throwing the ball right down the plate. I mean, it was and he wasn't hitting the spots. He was getting hit. Um, to get back to your other point, the 72 wins to 86, to me, is an amazing feat. Uh, if you think about the last – since the All-Star break, we basically were playing nothing but young kids. We were playing young kids in positions that were even new to them. We, were, we had a Henry Davis in right field. We had uh, – you know, Andy Rodriguez just coming up as a, as a young catcher. Um, the one thing this team taught me this year was they were never out of games. That 9 nothing game, the Cincinnati, they came back, battled. There was a lot of times this year where they impressed me as young kids. They, you know, they did they have their downfalls? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, how many times did we get a text message from Emmett saying if Andy Rodriguez gets another pass ball or 
or you know, there was uh, me talking about Jack Sawinski. Every time he struck out, I put a dollar in the thing, and I, I bought a brand new Porsche. But I mean, there was just there was a lot of lot of positives. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, 20 and eight, they blew it. I think that 20 and eight was another positive thing. I mean, they came out of the shoot, which is hard for a young team to do. They did it. They hit their, you know, they hit their part of the season where they just, they started playing back down to normal. But, and if you look at the first half of the year, Brian Hayes wasn't a good hitter. Uh, he ended the year 271 with 15 homers, which to me is one of the most mind boggling stats on the team because, well, he was like 220 with, you know, six homers at the beginning of the year, wasn't doing nothing. I mean, he came on. Uh, Reynolds ended up with 24 homers, a uh, 263 average. Um, wasn't even as, you know, wasn't, he can do better than that. But, I mean, I was very impressed with what they did. And to get to, back to the last point of the question, they definitely got to sign. I have at least two free agents. If, if one's a pitcher, maybe a pitcher and a first baseman, uh, I'd have no issue with Carlos Santana coming back. I mean, I'm being dead serious. He um, he just got knocked out of the playoffs with the Brewers, and I think you know, getting giving them young guys all that time to play last year. I think now Santana comes in and actually he'd be a nice bat in that lineup. I think you know if he can't go out and get another first baseman, we'd have nobody really in the system there. So um, I agree with Dave. If you get a Clevenger or, or a veteran pitcher just to come in and Hone down that two three spot until Skeens is ready. Um, you know, get let Keller be the number one start the year and have a, a Clevenger come in. But this team, I know a lot of people want to doubt them, and I I get it. So many years, but I I I'm excited. I think they did a lot of good things. Well, let me stay with you, JT, because you hit on a couple of themes I want to cover. I mean, organizational needs. If you ask me, you touched on a few there. I mean, obviously they need a first baseman. That's a definite need in potential free agency secondly outfield i think there's still plenty of gaps out there and there's no one in the minors to come up and fill those gaps at least at this point that i that i'm looking at and i still think they need to decide what they want to do with catcher but in your opinion you know what are the organizational needs what positions need to be dealt with uh in the off season uh you know i know you talked about carlos santana <laughs> i'm just joke everybody joke uh, but like the, um, you know, the idea is, you know, you, you mentioned a few, I mean, Clevenger's a name, I think that's exciting because people, he's a legitimate pitcher and he's affordable. Uh, but you know, what do you, what, what do you think? What do you see as those big organizational needs? Well, you know, mine, I, back to the draft, we were covering the draft real hard. I, I, I thought Dylan Cruz was the perfect pick because our, our outfield depth is terrible. I, I mean, it's, you got some guys here and there down in the lower minors. I think Dave will agree. The lower minors has some talent uh, outfield wise, yeah. but when you get up to the higher with Hudson, Hudson head and uh, Smith Najiba, uh, Gorski, I mean, they, they, they have potential, but you don't know what you're going to get from them. They're not, they're not like how the Baltimore Orioles are calling up these Colton Cowsers and, and guys like this that are coming up in their blue chip outfielders. We really don't have a blue chip outfielder in our organization. Um, that being said, I think uh, that the pitching, uh, they've already mentioned Jones, uh, Jared Jones, uh, Skeens, of course, will be up at some point. Burroughs, Burroughs is a, is a big question mark. He just had the uh, arm surgery last year, but he was pitching decently until he went to triple A. Um, they, they have pitching spread throughout the organization. Um, I don't think that's a huge need right now. That's why we're going to go out and get a veteran to help this team right now. 
because by the time some of these pitchers, other than Skeens and Jones, it's you know we're gonna need help now. Catching, I I, I agree to a point. I think Andy Rodriguez, though, I think he's gonna build on what he's done. He has a great arm. I mean, I. We, Do you feel here. that the future catcher is on this team right now, whether it's him or Davis? I want to say it's Rodriguez, but I mean they're they're talking about Davis getting his catching in. Um, it, it's it's this is where, this is the hardest puzzle I've seen in a lot of years with the Pirates because if you bring McCutcheon back as a DH, that sort of cuts Davis out of that. Um, you don't have no, you ain't gonna put him back in right field. I think that's a. I don't unless he gets a, a ton of work in the off season where they feel comfortable with him. Um, you don't know what you got at second or short yet. I mean, you know, you got Cruz at short. There's just a lot of plug and plays they got on this team. If you want Davis to be a first baseman, or if, if Rodriguez can play first and Davis shows he can catch, I'd have no issue with that. That's another possibility. But um, until, well, let me, until then, yeah, yeah, let me rotate this over to Dave for a second, and then Dave. I mean, you've heard. JT uh, and his assessment. Uh, obviously, there's, this is a two-pronged question. One, the organizational needs we just talked about. I'd love to hear your opinion on those as well. And then secondly, Paul Skeens. Um, I, I contend from the minute he was drafted, if not the second he was drafted, he's the best player in the Pirates organization, bar none. Uh, is he a guy in 2024 that we see here in April? Is he opening day material? Uh, or are they going to let this drag on and bring him in midsummer? Um, and let him play out, uh, you know, some of the, the kinks, if there are any, uh, in the minors. Is he ready to step up and, and, and pitch in the majors? I think it'd be a huge mistake if they started the season with him because a couple things, while we saw him dominate, we saw him dominate an inning at a time, two innings max. Um, I mean, the one thing you, you want to do is, is – um, you want to? I I would probably think they'll start him at the Double A level. Let him pitch a couple, um, couple games there, full games, before they bring him up to Indy. I think we'll see him by mid year. I think he's the real thing. I agree with you one hundred percent. He's probably the best player in the Pirate organization right now, um, and that's the only way this team was ever going to get a number one pitcher of that quality was through the draft um, or develop him because you're not going to go out and buy a a number one pitcher as 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 on uh, other places will um you um you will see a mid-season i i i mean the other thing is he's got to make adjustments as i talked about with with priestner that's a big thing um because rookie pitchers they go out the hitters haven't seen them they look dominant the first time around but once they've seen them the the veteran hitters can make adjustments and that's where the challenge is for uh, a guy like Skeens. Is he going to be able to make adjustments at the major league level? I think he, he definitely will. But, you know, that's where you want to get his feet wet in the in the minors a little bit before you bring him up. So that's what I would do. I, yeah, You know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, you've said it now twice. Uh, and I think it rings true for me. And this is a little bit off topic. But, you know, back in the early 90s, there was a goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers named Dominic Roussel. And he hit the league and was a superstar for about a half a season. And it's exactly what happened. And I remember Mike Lang, after Roussel had dominated the Penguins and Mario and that team was still on the ice, he said, don't worry, fans, uh, you know, they'll figure out this guy's riddle. 
And what he meant was the first time you've seen him, and we saw that a few years ago with with, with uh, Murray in net, uh, you know, he was amazing and was cup worthy. And then when they figured out he had a weak glove hand and how to beat him, he never adjusted to that and kind of fell out of the you know, And the way you've described that for guys like Priester and Skeens and, you know, that, I think that's really, really relevant. JT, on that same topic, um, you know, I know you're a fan of Paul Skeens too. Did the Pirates make a mistake? I mean, in all honesty, should they have taken Dylan Cruz? I mean, I think everybody's going to be happy with Skeens. He's going to be an all-star, right? I mean, the guy has everything that it needs to that he needs to have to, to be a big-time winner in this league. He just needs time to get there. Uh, is was Cruz the better choice for what the needs were on the Pirates? Or do you agree with Dave? And I don't think there's a wrong answer here. You know, to be honest, I mean, I think that you know Dave said you, you, there's no way they're ever going to get a pirate, a blue chipper like that on the mound unless they draft them or develop them. And do you do you think they did the right thing with Skeens, or would you have rather seen you know Cruz in a Pirates uniform? I mean, at the time, I was I was definitely Team Cruz. I thought that uh, you know a center fielder with his talent would have been been phenomenal to have next to Reynolds and, you know, who you plug in as a third after, whether it be Sawinski or, or another young guy. But um, as I've, I've, as I've thought about it and as I've seen him throw now them games down in the minors, he he's special. Like there's, there's guys that come around that are first round picks as pitchers. You're like, Oh, they're pretty good. But then there's like the Strasburgs that come around where you're, you're taken back by them. And I can't say it's a mistake now because you're going to have a horse leading that rotation. And uh, with Mitch Keller, 200 strikeouts this year, finding himself, which is one of the is one of the best stories in baseball, and people don't really talk about it. That kid was literally mentally fried the last couple of seasons. I mean, getting destroyed in the newspaper. You know, he was the Matt Canada of the Pirates the last couple of years. Just, this guy can't throw. What are we doing? It's a waste. And he's totally turned his career around. And, I think it's not enough's been said about about his turnaround, but getting back to the point, I think that I think that I'm not gonna say they did the right things. I still would love to have Dylan Cruz, but when you have a guy like that throwing, um, that's a that's a once in a decade kind of thing. I mean, if you think about it, the last time anybody got this much hype was with Strasburg, and that was what 2010 or whatever. So I I uh, I, I can't I can't disagree now. Well, David, you know, we've talked about developing talent. We've talked about draft, which we do a lot on this show. We've talked about free agency and being able to plug in some things. Now let's talk about something we haven't mentioned yet, trades. You know, what are the Pirates dealing from a place of strength here? Do they have pieces they can move to bring in pieces that will fill some of those gaps? Or do you think that from a – and I'm just talking about the major league level. I'm not talking about minor league – yeah. moving some chess pieces around. I'm talking about guys that can come in here next year via trade. Are, do we have the chits to go out and get somebody to be competitive in 2024? Or, you know, do you think the Pirates sit it out, keep all that gunpowder dry and wait for, uh, uh, you know, hopefully what is a, you know, a potential run in 2025? Personally, unless you're going to send a, an Anthony Salamito out or you're going to send a, a Bubba Chandler. And, and again, I would hope they wouldn't. Um, the other guys aren't going to bring you what you need. Um, I would, I would personally wait it out, see what I have. You know, the the error in what people think is we have a plethora of of middle infielders, which we do. Don't get me wrong, but individually, 
none of them are going to bring you what you need to make this a stronger team. Um, what the what the the heavyweights do to to get what they need is package a group of guys that basically thin out their farm system, and uh, and they'll get somebody that way. I think that's a mistake because we we kind of sent out what we had in between 2013 and 2015 to make that team strong, which was fine, but we didn't get out of the the second round, and and uh, quite frankly, we emptied our system, so we were bad for the pretty much since uh, 2015, except for one one season over 500. I don't I don't think a team like Pittsburgh can do that. I think you need to look at what Tampa Bay does. I think you need to look at what Minnesota does. They rarely send big prospects out because that's who they feed into the major league system to constantly uh, be playoff competitive. I think that's what Pittsburgh needs to do this time and not make that mistake. Because unless you do what you did in 79, where you emptied out the system, but you won a World Series, that's the only time that might be worth it. But by emptying out your system in the late 70s, how long did you suffer? I mean, three winning seasons mm-hmm. since then. So, Well, speaking of World Series, I want some predictions from you guys. I know that goes a little far afield from us talking about prospects and minor leagues and draft picks. But, you know, uh, look, it's hard for me. I, just over the last couple of months, I, I think it's Astros Braves when all is said and done. I might be wrong, but it just looks like they're the two teams – uh, and you know, I, I, I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm those are those, that's my pick. I'm going on the record there. JT, who do you watching the playoffs here? I mean, who do you find yourself, you know, kind of falling in love with? Who are the two teams you get there? And as a spin, I mean, do you do you find yourself cheering for any of these ex Pirates that are playing on these teams? I'll do your second question first. I do. I saw uh, Tyler Glassnell pitch in the game one uh, for Tampa Bay. I thought that was cool. Uh, Josh Bell and Jacob Stallings got to play uh, for the Marlins, which I thought was – it's just – it's neat. I mean, Carlos Santana, I was rooting for the – I never root for the Brewers, but I was rooting for the Brewers. I wanted to see Santana do something big. So I do find myself um, rooting. And there wasn't – there isn't a ton of Pirates in this year's playoffs. Uh, there was 18 last year, I think. I think from what I figured out, there's Austin Hedges and Robbie Grossman from the Rangers. Adam Frazier on Baltimore, which – I have to admit that's that's my team in the American League, Baltimore. I they they built this team up so nice. I forgot like about Frazier. It's been a few years. He's faded <laughs> from my memory. Yeah, he's like just a. I mean, he, he gets some playing time there. He's a good good bat in that lineup with all the young guys. And then I got Jesse Chavez from the Braves. That's about it uh, from what I got out of the playoffs. The teams that are left in the playoffs now. So, but my I pick Atlanta too. Atlanta's Atlanta does it right every year, man. They you want to talk about it's getting tough. five. They get five pitchers every year, and their pitchers are just phenomenal. And I love, I love the way Baltimore. Baltimore is the blueprint to what the uh, the Pirates need. To so do. you're saying Orioles, Braves? How about you, David? Well, let me quote you this. I'm going to read you the following numbers: 21, Uh-oh. 54, 33, 17, 37, 21, 18, 41, and 40. That's the home runs in the starting lineup of the Atlanta Braves. 305 homers this year. There's nobody going to beat them. They are, um, they have a strong pitching staff. They have a deep pitching staff, but that offense is, I'm going to say it right now, the best offense I've seen in my lifetime. Um, I think that's going to be uh, just an easy shot for them. Um, On the American League side. Yeah. And they can steal and they can field. They're, they're, 
total <laughs> package. I know, but I just have this gut feeling that Altuve, like I, I just got this Houston thing. I think, I think the Braves make it, but I think, I, I honestly think it's Houston's to lose. I have cool. no idea why. It's just in the back of my head. See, that's that's possible because my my weird gut feeling is the Minnesota Twins, who are a much stronger team on paper than they played this year. They played strong down the stretch, but that's going to be my American League pick. So we all have the Braves in the NL. I've got the Astros. You've got the Twins. And JT, you have the Orioles, huh? Yep. All right, so what happens if it's – Let me see you real quick, Joe. So it'll clearly be the Phillies and and, and the Rangers. <laughs> you remember the show Seinfeld, Joe? Okay. I, I was old enough to remember Seinfeld. Yes. That that one's in that one's in color, Dave. We're good on color. <laughs> you know, great great statement on Seinfeld. You root for the uniform, not the man. So anybody who used to play the Pirates for the Pirates. I could give a crap about because they don't wear the <laughs> uniform anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, look, before we go, uh, there's two things I want to mention. David, why don't you spend a little time telling everybody who's watching about the, the prospect guide that we're putting together uh, and when you think it'll be available. Prospect guide, which I'm, I'm so proud to announce uh, is going to be sponsored by uh, uh, draft 412. Couldn't be more pumped about that. Um, you're going to have the most complete look at the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, of any book out there or any preview. You're going to have the top 50 prospects. Um, there's a group of, of seven of us um, who uh, uh, come from the old Pirate Prospects uh, website and our, our two other experts uh, um, on uh, Draft 412 and JT and, and Emmett, um, who couldn't be with us tonight, and myself will be all combining to do this. So you're going to get a top 50 um, prospects. You're going to get a thorough scouting report on each with stats. Um, you're going to get uh, from John Drecker and I um, a look at the history of of the Pirates and, and how they develop prospects um, from back in the 1900s when they had the first dynasty in baseball history, um, the first decade of the 1900s to um, the greatest players ever drafted. And and um, you're going to get that look. You're going to get a look at the 2004, how 2003 season is going to look for the future of this franchise. What we did this year, was it successful? We're going to look position by position. Um, we're going to tell you where these guys are playing next year. It's going to be such a complete look. It'll be out by uh, mid-February is, is what we're looking at right now. And it is going to be worth every cent uh, that uh, that you can uh, put down for it because um, I'm just so pumped up about this group of guys we have together to put this together. And uh, it's just an exciting uh, project. You know, I think it's the who's who of pirate prospecting. I mean, I love the idea of being part of this and I'm glad you guys have come up with the idea. We're glad to be able to back it and, and uh, you know, I'm hoping that everybody will listen and goes out and gets a couple uh, and, uh, JT, I know you got some news too. There's some places where people could come and meet us live here coming up. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about where they can find their draft uh, 412 Four Horsemen of the Draft Apocalypse? Yeah, we're starting uh, going live in the South Hills here, starting October fifth, October fifteenth. Um, or I'm sorry, November November fifteenth. November fifteenth, we're going to be at uh, Lucky Thirteens in Baldwin, uh, talking about sports, probably hockey. 
uh, anything you want, questions and answers. We'll have T-shirts, hats, uh, koozies, whatever you need. We're going to have some giveaways, um, give out some subscriptions to the website. Uh, we're going to do all kinds of stuff there at Lucky's on uh, November November 15th. And then on December 13th, uh, we're going to stay in Baldwin. We're going to go hit the Route 51 side of Baldwin. We're going to go to Gorman's, which is right on 51. Uh, great back room there. Uh, same thing. We're going to talk sports. We're going to have guys come up. We're going to have special guests at each show. Uh, we're going to have, um, like I said, T-shirts, giveaways. Um, get involved. You, you have questions, come on up, ask us some questions, and just have a night. Uh, you can Steeler fans come out. Let your let your truth be told, man. You want to come up and say, what, what the, what the, what's going on, man? What's Matt Canada still doing here? Which my prediction, I'll say right now, is Matt Canada won't be there while we do our first podcast, who will already be gone. So that's just my prediction. You think they replace him on the bye week? I think they do. We'll see. We'll see. Wow. Well, look, gentlemen, I really, really appreciate you coming on again tonight. Uh, sorry we couldn't get Emmett on here. I know he, that everybody's entitled to a vacation, and I'm sure Emmett's having fun at the beach. So we only had three of the four draft uh, apocalypse horsemen here tonight. Uh, but again, big thanks to for you guys coming on. And again, our big thanks to our sponsor, iHeartRadio, where you can find all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts, all for free, all the time, including Union Gap. Remember Gary, when you got to remember Gary Puckett first. He's the leader of the Union I, Gap. Gary Puckett owns the Union Gap. You're I losing it, Kirby Puckett. It? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You got the line. <laughs> Union Gap. I remember Kirby Puckett. Huh? Yeah, I barely remember Kirby Puckett, but I remember Kirby Puckett. I <laughs> Kirby Puckett. Great center fielder, man. Speaking of the twins, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, gentlemen, hey, thank you very much. And for those watching Draft 412's podcast tonight, we might be off the air, but we are always on the clock for you. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, guys.